really believe the business that will succeed will be the ones that embrace complexity within this industry and harness the complexity into a competitive advantage. Welcome to this week's episode of Next Generation Design. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper. This week, we're getting heavy, into equipment that is, and the increasing complexity within the heavy equipment industry. The next generation of design will be led by those who learn to embrace complexity. Today, I've got two industry experts here to talk about emerging trends, globalization, demands brought on by increasing complexity, and sustainability efforts. I'd like to start off by welcoming our guest to the show today. Tom, can you tell us what you do at Siemens? Okay, thank you, Jen. So my name is Tom Spangler. I'm a senior marketing manager here at Siemens. I have almost 30 years of experience in CAD and PLM. I've done uh, design IT, I've done data management, worked in the automotive industry at both the OEM and supplier levels. I do have a master's degree in business administration. I've been uh, with Siemens since 2008. I worked on a lot of launches, marketing campaigns, and other initiatives. Great to have you, Tom. Hendrik, take it away. Yeah, thank you. Um, My name is Hendrik Lange. I'm the industry lead for the heavy equipment industry. 25 years experience in the industry, automotive and and heavy equipment. Started out um, to support uh, a customer Tier 1 supplier in uh, Hanover and and Charlotte, North Carolina, and then moved back to support an automotive OEM in Munich and um, as a technical consultant. And uh, then I moved more to international roles. And since many years, I'm part of the industry organization since uh, two years, roughly the head of the industry for heavy equipment. Thanks, Hendrik. Can you start off by giving us a brief overview of where the industry stands today? So yeah, when we look at the heavy equipment industry, the manufacturers are really uh, challenged by their customers, their competition, and uh, government regulators um, to develop smarter, safer, more eco-friendly equipment, and all of this in an increasingly challenging economic climate. And driving forces for that are pushing the construction, agriculture and mining industry to automation, fewer people involved, less contamination, improved efficiency and improved capability. What do you see as the driving forces behind these demands? There are some driving forces that come immediately to mind, like sustainability or organic farming, shortage of labor, local emission laws or global warming laws, or grids uh, which are less secure, or cyber attacks, right? So there are a lot of things which are challenging this industry. And particular um, that the manufacturers experience that um, tougher emission standards and higher performance requirements and ever increasing safety standards require them to embrace embrace, uh, disruptive technologies and really to develop uh, smarter machines. And 
they have to do this to address a global marketplace. And that not only means increased competition, but also leads to adoption of design and build anywhere paradigms. And it puts a lot of pressure on, on speed of innovation and, and, and while the suppliers are challenged um, to deliver by time to revenue. And many heavy equipment manufacturers also identify the after sales and service business as a very attractive extension to their existing business as uh, unplanned planned downtime is very crucial for their customers and business access. What is the industry doing to adapt to these new demands? So when we, when we look at the industry, the, the vision is really to realize these highly automated farm construction and mining sites by connecting all kinds of electric vehicles, all kinds of robots and drones, using really environmentally friendly power generation wherever possible. Is this strategy proving effective? is really transforming mainly from mainly developing hydromechanical machines into electrical and software-based systems of systems. And, and, and that has accelerated the transformational key industry trends of electrification, really to reduce emission and improve fuel economy, autonomous vehicles and, and operation, really to reduce workplace operator hazard risk and, and realizing higher efficiencies, smart manufacturing to develop right the first time manufacturing plans globally, and obviously market globalization really to adapt to, to changes in the global market, very flexible and to reduce time to market. So, and, and the industry really tries to address this, the ultimate goals of zero harm, zero unplanned downtime and, and zero emissions in mind. But manufacturers must balance their investments into that because they need to be a viable business today and in the future. Let's turn to you, Tom. How is Siemens helping to address these trends and challenges? Well, we're doing it by trying to offer a fully comprehensive end-to-end uh, -end engineering solution for heavy equipment manufacturers. And it starts with, you know, one of the things that Hendrik mentioned is, um, is the need to create um, lighter weight machines to improve fuel economy. In the past, it really didn't matter how much uh, heavy equipment weighed, but that's not really the case anymore. So um, in order to, to build these machines that, uh, that are going to use less fuel, less energy, if they're electrical, however you want to say it, we're going to need to use new techniques. And those can be things like additive manufacturing. It can be working with advanced materials like carbon fiber or alloys of, of metals of things like that that are uh, a little bit more exotic and, and harder to work with. And what solutions are needed to meet these challenges? What you really need is a solution that can not only allow you to design and use those types of materials, but uh, do it in an integrated fashion where you're going directly from the requirements. Another thing that Hendrik mentioned was the regulations that are affecting this industry. If you can trace those requirements that come from a, a government agency all the way through the design and manufacturing and even the service life of a, of a 
machine or a component, then that really is a, a much better way. It's a much more uh, systemic way of creating that design and creating a sustainable machine that will last and serve the customer well. Can you talk a bit about the growing demand for electrification? The issue that we've seen in the past for um, electrification in heavy equipment or uh, cars or airplanes or lots of other uh, types of things is that the electrical design and the mechanical design are done separately. And then at the end, they try to bring them together and it doesn't always go very well because sometimes compromises have been made on one side and they affect the other side, but the other side didn't know about it. So what you really need is an integrated electrical design platform, not only for things like wiring harnesses, but for printed circuit boards, for batteries, for you know high voltage lines, things like that. Autonomous vehicles are going to need more sensors. So you're gonna have more wiring, more complexity, and you really need to be able to address that in a really uh, united fashion, in an in integrated fashion, to be able to uh, react quickly to the marketplace as it changes. How are customers ultimately uniting all of these elements together? One of our customers is a company called CNH International. They're a world leader in agricultural and construction equipment. What they did is they combined some of their different groups together, and they've been able to really see a great improvement in their process. They use some of the uh, mentor software from Siemens that um, links all of their electronics together. So that enables them to be able to respond to the constant changes in the mechanical design part of the, of the machine. By doing the and more integrated approach, it really helped them to deliver exactly the vehicles the customers want and really improve their efficiency and, and knock some of their costs down as well. As the industry moves more towards digitalization, how is that trend affecting globalization? What are you seeing emerge there? So the pace of innovation and the ability to disrupt are becoming key success factors in global competition. And, and obviously this increases the pressure on global enterprises, really no matter the industry, right? So, but again, at the same time, it opens up new business opportunities. And when we talk about the trend of market globalization, um, the Asia-Pacific region represents the largest and fastest growing regional market. As for instance, for the global off-highway uh, vehicle market, China and India are the two fastest growing uh, regional markets with CAGAs between 2017 and 2028 being 7.6, uh, respectively 7.9%. China is overall the largest market uh, for off-highway vehicles, right? And due to the competitive pressure in those markets, we obviously talk about speed of innovation and time to market. But also with um, new players entering the market, companies must differentiate to stay ahead. What differentiators are they relying on to stand out? One of the most important differentiators is obviously performance, right? Manufacturers are challenged to adapt very flexible to changes in demands of those global markets. And, and that includes also the service of those global markets. And global marketplaces means not only increased competition, as we said, but also the challenge of balancing those local versus the global requirements. And, and as 
engineering is becoming decentralized and, and tools and, and knowledge spread uh, across the world that um, is its own challenge, right? So what can manufacturers do? Manufacturers need to become more globally distributed and they want to address um, the lower cost of labor in some markets. Um, they want to avoid high shipping costs. And in fact, it's often easier to service equipment locally or in most cases, right? What else are you noticing in terms of manufacturing and equipment? But we also see increasing labor shortages in, in, in the global scale to the specialized nature of the equipment, what makes it really difficult to find uh, qualified uh, manufacturing personnel. And really, that leads to a situation that uh, manufacturers really uh, try to increase their presence in all marketplaces, which are, which are really important for them. And, and they do this uh, they need to do this in a way that they ensure compliance based on the local requirements around quality, noise, and emissions. They, they need to find ways um, to more quickly introduce new and complex products with multiple sensors, multiple attachments, and they need to deliver expected uh, manufacturing efficiencies despite the need to continuously improve and, and innovate, right? And, and they need to achieve the expected quality no matter where or what volume uh, the products are produced. So what is this telling us about the needs of the industry at large? All of these challenges drive the need for proven designs that, that meet the performance targets, the improved communication to, to help widely distributed teams to collaborate and increased innovation to meet uh, the, the challenges, right? And, the, and, and one of the success factors is uh, continuous validation to maintain the quality of the design. Tom, what challenges are you seeing in terms of globalization? The biggest challenge that we see here is is collaboration and communication. As Hendrik mentioned, you know when you're dealing with a global company that's doing manufacturing at a local location, you need to make sure that you have that strong communication of of what's going on in both directions. You know, if the if the design changes from the uh, the central company, they need to be able to communicate that quickly. And, and at the same time, if there are issues with manufacturing, the local site needs to be able to communicate that quickly to the main company. So there's and several tools that are available for collaborating more effectively. And if you're taking advantage of these solutions, what you really want is something that presents you the information that you need when you need it and in the correct context. Can you elaborate on that a bit more? How do these solutions help speed up the process? These are highly complex machines and finding the source of a problem can be difficult. So a system that really shows you the vital information that you need in the context of the larger machine enables you to get to the solution quickly without spending a bunch of time searching. And when you can do that, you can make better decisions and you can make those decisions more quickly as you can find issues more easily. Are there other benefits that come with that? You can have a lot of different variants of a single machine different types of, of buckets, loaders, configurations, things like that. And being able to manage all those different variations is critical to this field as well. And you have to be able to 
work with you know large complex machines and you need to be able to exchange uh, information with you not only with your remote sites but with suppliers as well how do these constant changes affect workers how do you keep them up to speed these machines are constantly changing the technology is constantly advancing so you need your workers to be able to keep up with that and you can use tools and we're seeing this more and more like virtual reality and augmented reality where you can actually work with the actual data that is used to to create the parts and you can be in an immersive 3d environment where you can see where the issues are find things much more easily you can also use it for things like design reviews and even training where if you have a uh, if you're training a, a new worker on how to assemble a part you, they can do it in an immersive 3d environment where a it's safer and b they're always working with the latest parts so that's a big advantage as well henrik mentioned the need to respond quickly to changes in the market can you talk about how companies do that to do that, you really need to be able to validate and prove your designs. Because if you rush something to market and there's an issue with it, then you've lost all the advantage that you have and you've, and you've really hurt yourself. So being able to reuse proven designs and being able to take advantage of things that we already know work, being able to adapt those into the new designs that are coming down the, the pike is a, is a really good advantage as well. Heavy equipment is becoming more complex with embedded electronics and increased variation among different systems. Hendrik, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, as, as you said, right? So it, it, it's really this, as we talked before, more variance, software electronics driven, right? Um, this increased connectivity to connect with other machines and systems and to allow for this autonomous operations, right? So as for instance, in agriculture, we are moving to what is known precise farming, right? So, which uses all kind of satellite imaginary, um, drones, uh, ground-based sensors, agri-robots uh, to control the planting, growth and, and harvesting of crops, right? And, and this requires a lot of autonomous operations adapting to the specific of the heavy equipment industry. And this includes things like the industry-specific standards, environment modeling, the terrain, the obstacles, the scenarios, physical sensor models for object detection algorithms, right? advanced control techniques for an sensor fusion, and those scalable, realistic models for soil, tire, dynamics, right? And Looking at the different soils and environments, we, they really create different stresses on machines, which must be accounted for in the design. And, and all of this adds a complexity. Where else are you seeing more complexity? We also see these customer demands for personalized products, right? We see a dramatic increase in product and process complexity of development and production and uh, long-term services, right? So, and delivering this complex configure to order products that our customers or the customers demand, that requires OEMs to make much more efficient use of their distributed uh, development and manufacturing facilities and services resources. And, and then there are the new business models, they add uh, complexity as well. And 
Is there a customer use case you could share with us? One example here of one of our customer, um, Krohn, and they have uh, an e-solution shop where it is possible for one of their harvester to add uh, extra engine power for a certain amount of time. And the additional power is only retrieved in field operation when the chopping drum turned on and can also be paused if no additional power is required. And it increases the throughput and, and thereby increasing the per hour area performance. And, and, and this additional engine power can be booked online. And But, but all of this really, really um, adds complexity, right? So, and, and then the question is, how do we deal with this complexity, right? So and we believe that true disruptors in our industry won't be those who are trying to limit complexity. We believe they will embrace complexity by moving faster to bring innovative mach machines and equipment to market earlier than the competition. And they help to lower, lower development costs, production and operating costs, and, and, and really help to create new business models like our customer there and out-innovate and building differentiation through insight, which are not easily to duplicate, right? So we really believe the business that will succeed will be the ones that embrace complexity within this industry and harness the complexity into a competitive advantage. Well said, Hendrik. Let's hear a bit more about those challenges. Tom, how is Siemens actually addressing some of these challenges? Can you talk a little bit about the solutions that are being offered? Having an integrated electromechanical design platform is really going to be critical as more and more electronics and technology gets pushed into machines and you know as that complexity increases. And that's not just, you know, as I said, wire and harness, but it's uh, it's printed circuit boards, it's it's how to cool all those components, and it's a lot of things like that that really help. Another thing that Hendrik mentioned there was the ability to simulate the operation of these machines and uh, and figure out how things are going to work even as the machines become more complex. Is there a real-world example that demonstrates this? We have a, a customer, Amazon Work. What they've done with our software is they created a virtual test track, and it predicts the performance of their machines. They can actually simulate the operation of the machine in a virtual environment. And by doing that, they reduce their time from uh, concept to product, and they reduce the number of physical prototypes they needed. And by making it easier for them to find flaws at an earlier stage of the design, they knock their uh, concept to production time down from about a year to less than four months. So they really had a, a nice uh, improvement on that. And where does the digital twin fit into the equation? The digital twin is the key to the whole thing. By being able to create a, a comprehensive, rich digital twin that simulates not only the operation of the machine, but the manufacturing, all the different environments it's going to have to deal with, all the different attachments, the different soil types, things like that. It really enables you to figure out all the issues early on and be able to address those issues before they become much harder and much more expensive to fix later on in the process. It's a lot easier to change CAD data than it is to cut a new part you know, on a machine tool.
Now turning towards sustainability, the industry is trying to build more sustainable, economical, and eco-friendly machines. What are some of the themes and the trends that we're seeing in this area? So when we look at the heavy equipment industry, right, so the days um, where the heavy equipment industry was relatively lightly regulated compared to other industries are long time over, right? So everybody knows about the climate, uh, Paris Climate Agreement, right, so which requires a 90% reduction in CO2 emissions by 2050. But there are many different pollution standards globally that also drive the need um, for, for redu reduction in, in emissions. And it makes also sense, right? So when you, when you think about it, it is particularly important in, as for instance, mining, right? So where up to 30% of operating costs go to ventilation systems for removing harmful emissions. And where are we on the road to emissions reductions? Emission reduction is, is viewed as one of the most important technologies. It often plays an important role regarding the future regulations. The global public is pushing towards greener technologies to answer environmental challenges, right? So, and while conventional engines can comply with the regulations, very often, right, still a green technology will be much more welcome and, and will improve the brand recognition. As for instance, there is the gas emission stage five regulation, which now drives all machine powertrain developments. Stage five standard is effective since 2019 for engines below 56 kilowatts and above 130 kilowatts. And since 2020 for engines between as well. And this really leads to the, to the need to leverage alternative powertrains and reducing the weight of machines, what, what helps to reduce both fuel use and emissions. But it must be done in a way to maintain performance and durability. Are there benefits for employees who operate machines focused on reduced emissions? What about noise emissions, for example? Safety and comfort has become much more important in recent years as, as companies realize the associated benefits, right? So operators spend full days running machines, improving comfort and reducing fatigue is very important as it makes them more productive and, and reduces downtime, right? So safety is another obvious factor and it's a push in towards autonomous operation, right? So. So what, what OEMs and, and their suppliers really need to do is to dig up innovative technical concepts to fulfill regulation standards and keep an eye on key valuable attributes for their customers, operability, sustainability, safety, optimize uh, production and efficiency in the field. And, we, we talked about global market and competition and with this hyper-competition and new business models in the market, it is critical for incumbents to productize innovation first, right? We all know guaranteed improvement of performance while reducing the total cost of ownership is really change, uh, driving change in the market for heavy equipment manufacturers. So we've briefly mentioned lightweighting. How does this weight reduction impact sustainability? 
there's some new techniques that are emerging in the uh, in the design field that are really going to help to create these lightweight designs that we're going to need in the future. One of those is generative engineering. And this is kind of a, it's a really a, a unique and new approach to uh, product design. And it uses kind of a, a, a nature inspired approach. If you think about a, a man-made design or a traditional design, they tend to have a lot of straight lines and simple curves because they're constrained by things like manufacturing techniques, aesthetics, um, you know, what types of materials you can use and things like that. They're not necessarily optimal for their environment. Using a generative engineering technique, you can create a design that is formed by the actual requirements, where you actually give it the requirements that the part is going to have to exist in, and then the software actually develops the shape for you in a way that saves a large amount of material, simplifies the part. It can, it can take you from having to have a more complex assembly into a single part. You can um, optimize the feature parameters, and you can take and modify that, that geometry um, as you need to as well. So this is really a, um, you know, becoming a very important technology in all design, and especially in heavy equipment, where we need to uh, do these lightweight designs. Is additive manufacturing a part of this lighter design process? Some of those designs that I was just talking about with generative engineering cannot be made by a traditional manufacturing process. So you have to use new techniques like um, additive. But the issues that we see for our customers in additive manufacturing is that it's not automated. Things are not connected to each other, and it's difficult to take it from prototyping, which additive has actually been used for prototyping for, for decades now, but it's hard to take that from the prototype stage to full production. So um, you need an integrated solution that has all of the capabilities built in for things like um, change management and requirements tracking and being able to check for uh, quality issues, look for overhangs and things that are going to cause a problem when you're trying to manufacture the part. We have a customer, uh, Toolcraft, that has um, really seen a big advantage because they used to use disconnected software packages in order to create, you know, do their 3D printing. But with NX, they can use one file, file along the whole process chain with less complexity, and they can do their work in less time, and they have a lower error rate as well. So there are a lot of benefits to adopting and incorporating these connected solutions into the workplace. A safer work environment, reduced emissions, a speedier design and validation process, and more sustainable product manufacturing. Before we wrap up, Hendrik, can you talk a little bit about what companies learned from the pandemic and how that experience might also be a factor in the direction we're seeing the industry take? Really what we, what we could experience that those companies which had adapted uh, digital transformation were able to manage their business operations effectively, right? So for others, it was more a key learning to accelerate their digital transformation because otherwise you run the risk of being left behind the competition, right? So and in today's heavy equipment world, you cannot any longer afford to sequentially design, build, and commission a project, right? So single discipline tools and isolated processes are really insufficient to deal with the complex nature of engineering in this industry. And really what, what Tom talked about, the next generation of design engineering technology understands how all the different engineering disciplines come together in digitalization, right? And digitalization has become a necessity here.
Yes, absolutely. As this market is, is changing much more quickly than it has in the past, um, if you don't have the, the proper tools to adopt the digital twin and digitalize your entire process, you're going to have a lot harder time competing in the future. I think that's a great place to end things for this episode. A big thanks to Hendrik and Tom for joining us today. Thanks also to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. Join us next time for more discussions about the latest in design innovation and software applications. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper, and this has been Next Generation Design.